0: The garden lies to my feet. You found me, you freed me. Here back the waters from my release. Oh, yeah. yeah. By the glory of your love. you step, you stepped into my Egypt, you took me by the head, you marched me out in freedom, into the promised land. Now I will not forget, you know. I sing of all you done. Death is swallowed up forever by the glory. Me by the hand, you marched me out in freedom into the promised land. Now I will not forget, you know, I sing of all you've done, death is swallowed up forever by the glory of your love. Because you stepped into my Egypt, and you took me by the hand march me out in freedom into the promised land. Now I will not forget you. know I sing of all you time. Death be swallowed up forever by the fury of your love. Say, you're the So sea you have led me through the deep. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: The Holy Spirit spoke to me about isolation and how God doesn't want us in isolation. He wants us in, in, in right relationship with him and right relationship with others. And the enemy's job is to separate us and put us in isolation in our marriages. In our marriages, we find ourselves, you know, just isolating and just coming home and and not really in relationship with each other anymore. And God says, no, it's got to stop. It's destroying homes and families. And then the Holy Spirit really began to speak to my heart about the spirit of apathy and how we can so easily, and it, it's not if it happens, it's when it happens, that you become apathetical to the things of God. And all of a sudden everything just becomes ordinary. Somebody could get healed, somebody gets baptized, and it's just, it's, it's not a big deal. But let me tell you something, it is a big deal to stand up in front of hundreds and hundreds of people and go down in that water and say, I'm burying the old, I'm coming alive in the new. And and so often, you know, healing services and things, it it can just become where you you get into an apathetical place in your walk with God. And we've got to fight that. And today the Holy Spirit really put on my heart a message that I want to speak to you. If you have your Bibles, you can flip to Matthew 7.7. And I'll read out of a new King James, but you follow along. The notes are on the app. If you have the Destiny Church app, you can get the sermon notes there. Every week, so if you miss something, you can go back there and find it. The service will be uploaded and live streamed in a couple days, so you'll be able to go there. Oh, it's live now? That's amazing. They got it figured out. We got live stream going now. That's so good. Well, welcome everybody watching online. So glad that you're watching. That's really good. We've been wanting that so bad. That's great. I'm asking the question today, what are you pursuing in life? We're talking about the heart of the house and what's the heart of Destiny Church. My heart is that you're pursuing God with everything that's in you. I'm asking the question, what are you pursuing in life? In the natural, Friday was Black Friday. And so everybody was pursuing the deals, right? I mean, not everybody. Some of you are like, forget it. I'm just Amazon and I ain't doing all that. But you know what? In times past, everybody, I mean, people would actually get trampled and hurt, in these Black Friday deals when they would open the store with all these special deals and people were pursuing the deals and Monday is Cyber Monday so everybody's going to be online trying to find out where the best deals are. But when it comes to your spiritual life, what has your focus? Where's your gaze? What are you staring at and what are you running after? Let me ask you a question, are you running after God or is God running after you? Is God trying to chase you down, to get you to slow down, to settle down in everything in life to pursue him, or are you pursuing God? Are you running after him with your whole heart? Listen, the heart of the house is refusing to live in isolation, not staying in spiritual apathy, and the heart of this house is that we all pursue God with passion. Listen, it's so easy to settle in and just deal with life as it comes to you. Life has a way of giving us unexpected trouble. When you read Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7, and as you study the scripture, you're gonna find that this is the language of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, but you wanna know what the language of faith is? Faith has a tenacity, faith has a little attitude. If you're not careful, you just start settling for everything as it comes to you, as trouble comes, and you start expecting what next, what's going to happen next, and I'm just day to day, what's going to happen, oh my gosh, what's going on in the world, and what's going, listen, that's not the person of faith, the person of faith takes God's word, declares God's word, makes declarations of faith, and stands in the promises of God, and doesn't waver. As you study the scripture, you'll find that this Matthew 7-7 is the language of faith because things don't always work out. Sometimes you have to work things out. It doesn't always flow and go the way we think it should, but you got to stay in your position of faith. Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8 says this, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you, for everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. This needs to be our attitude of faith. We can't afford to settle for average faith in these last days. we got to pursue with supernatural, strong faith in God. They asked and they kept asking. They sought and they kept seeking. They knocked and they kept knocking. This is the position of a man or a woman of faith. This is the position of a person who stands upon God's word and says, I will not be denied. This, is the, this speaks of a person pursuing God and refusing not to settle. And I say to everybody, don't quit. Revelation 3.16, so then because you're lukewarm, neither hot or cold, I'll vomit you out of my mouth. What's the message? Don't get cold. Don't get lukewarm. Stay hot and on fire for God. We need a faith that is on fire. When your faith is on fire, it will produce a holiness in your life. Holiness is not based on legalism. It's founded in love. As a young boy growing up in a Pentecostal holy church, holiness church, I found myself in this place of legalism. Where everything was about what was wrong and everything. Don't do this and don't do that. And I grew up in this environment where everything was just so focused on the don'ts and so focused on what was going to happen if you did. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, man, I'm finding that holiness is not based on a list of rules and regulations. Holiness comes from a place of love and infatuation for the Lord. Because when you begin to pursue him with your whole heart, this love that overtakes you, this love, is, it, it produces a holiness in your life. You're no longer looking at what I can't do. You're looking at what I can do in God. You're thinking about what God wants to do in my life. Holiness is a biblical concept, and it's a big deal to God. Jesus requires that we pursue him with holiness. It's not an anything-goes attitude. It's not living any old lifestyle you want to. It's not doing whatever feels good. It is a holy pursuit of the living God. Hebrews 12 and verse 12. Therefore strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. Make straight the paths for your feet so that when the so that the uh, what is lame may not be dislocated but rather healed pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the lord man that should impact us that should stir our faith to say look i can't casually approach this thing i can't do this just on my terms i've got to come to the grips with my god is a holy god and i want to pursue him with love so that his holiness now takes a hold of my life In the Bible, when a priest would set something aside for God's use, it became holy. In biblical terms, sanctification and consecration is talking about what is common and setting it apart exclusively for God's use. A consecrated life set apart for God. A a, a, a consecrated life that is set apart for God's use in every area of your life. This is what holiness looks like. That could be our lives. It could be our marriage. That could be our finances, our purity. Come on. It could be our careers. What have you set apart for God exclusively? What have you determined in your life that I am set apart, I am consecrated, I am sanctified. My life is set apart for God. Because if you don't understand the pursuit of God requires holiness, then you begin to think that it's just any old way goes and it's not that way. When we set things apart to God, they become holy unto the Lord. What have you set apart to God? Pursuing God requires holiness. Pursuing God requires discipline. Pursuing God requires consistency. Pursuing God requires a level of boldness. Let's look at some examples in the word of the Lord. In Matthew chapter 8 and verse number 1. Everybody go there we'll look at a few passages of scripture and I'm going to show you the pursuit. Matthew chapter 8 and verse number 1. And when they'd come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, can you make me clean? Jesus put out his hand and he touched him, saying, I'm willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. This man was ostracized from community because of his disease. He decided to pursue Jesus despite the religious scrutiny. He had leprosy, an incurable disease that was so contagious. But he said, "Listen, I can't I can't let what's going on in my body deter me from getting to Jesus. I got to pursue Jesus." He had the potential of being stoned for this act. Just the fact that he would leave his isolation and go into the atmosphere where the crowd was, where the people were, and say, I've got to touch Jesus. You can stone me. You can kill me. You can do whatever. But I refuse to settle to doing this life without Jesus, without a touch from the master. In leprosy, when leprosy came, you, you got to get a visual. When this thing was full-blown leprosy, your digits would fall off. You could lose fingers or toes. You, you, you were a mess. You, you were isolated. You were, you were put out from the, from, the, from the crowd. You were put out from the, from the city. And you had to wear a bell around your robe so that the bell would ring so people could hear you coming. So that when you came close to somebody, you had to scream out and announce your deficiency. I'm a leper. Leper. So the people would run from you because if you got too close, they would stone you and kill you. But this man said, you can kill me. You can do whatever you want to do to me, but I'm not living in this condition any longer. I hear the master is here. I hear the savior is here. I hear the Messiah is here, and I'm willing to take whatever you give me because I want to get to Jesus. He was a broken man, but he said, I know you're able to heal me. And Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. He saw the pursuit. He saw the boldness of this man. He saw the determination in his heart. And Jesus touched him. A priest would never touch a leper. But when Jesus touched him, instead of Jesus picking up his uncleanliness, Jesus gave the leper his healing. Here's the fact of the matter for us. The pursuer doesn't quit. The pursuer doesn't quit. In Mark chapter 2 and verse number 1. Verse number 1. Again, he came to Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive him, to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic... Who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was, so that when they had broken through, they let the bed down on which the paralytic was laying. And when Jesus saw their faith, when Jesus saw their pursuit, when Jesus saw that they weren't gonna settle for, oh well, we didn't we couldn't get in. Maybe we'll try another day. They said, No, our friends got to get to Jesus. And they ripped the roof off the house and said, Let's lower him down in the middle of his preaching. And that Interruption that divine pursuit brought a miracle to that man. They had resilience, they refused to quit. Everyone say, Pursuing God. God. I can't hear you in the back. Come on, say it, Pursuing Pursuing God. Come on. The woman with the issue of blood pressed through the crowd and touched him in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 20. And suddenly, a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind him and touched the hem of his garment. That's a powerful story, but when you go over to Mark chapter 5, he gives us a little more detail. He gives us a few more details in Mark chapter 5, verse 25. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better. She grew worse. 12 years. Twelve years of pursuing healing and pursuing the touch spent everything that she had. But she said, I know if I could just touch the hem of his garment, if I could just touch Jesus, if you and I could realize if you could just touch Jesus, if you could get by, uh, get past all the religious, uh, the religious stuff and get right in there and say, God, I want to touch Jesus. After 12 years, she had a flow of blood. She was unclean by the religious standards. She couldn't touch him with that flow of blood. But she said, I don't care what they do to me. I don't care what they say to me. I've got to touch Jesus. In John chapter 5 and verse number 2, there was in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in the Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In the In these late... A great multitude of sick, blind, lame, and paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time to the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. And a certain man who had an infirmity 38 years... When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition for a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered, yes, sir. I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps in down before me. And Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. 38 years pursuing healing. But there was an attitude in this man that we don't talk about. We all make excuses. Well, 38 years, you'd think he'd fall in once by accident ahead of everybody else. But it didn't say he was by the Pool of Bethesda for 38 years. It said he was there for a long time. And Jesus knew he had been sick for a long time. But he had an infirmity for 38 years. And he wasn't settling for, oh well, I've been sick this long. This is the way it's going to be. No, he said, you know what? i got to keep going to the well. i got to keep showing up, and I got to keep sitting at the well, and I know that one day God's going to heal me. He didn't settle for his condition. He didn't settle for what he'd been going through. Here's the truth. Most of us quit too soon. Most of us give up too soon. We give up on our dreams too soon. We give up on the right one too soon. Well, I didn't get the right one, but I'll take him. Come on. You know I'm telling you the truth, we give up too soon, we quit on our vision too soon. God speaks something into our lives as a young child and we get a vision in our heart and the enemy comes with all these distractions and all these delays and all of a sudden now we give up on our vision, we give up on our dreams. Some of us quit seeking God too soon. We quit praying right before the breakthrough. Some of us quit tithing too soon. We tried it, we tied for a little while, and we didn't get the breakthrough. Where was the promise? It seemed like I just keep getting worse. God said, listen, you just stay steady in your giving, you stay steady in your faithfulness, and God will provide for you. We give up on our investments too soon. Now I'm not, I am not promoting anybody go get in in, in Bitcoin or cryptocurrency or whatever. I'm gonna tell you my story. I had almost a full Bitcoin. And that thing went up to $4,000, $5,000. It went all the way to $10,000. And, man, I was having me a party by myself at home. Look at that, ten dollars This thing's worth ten dollars already. And all of a sudden the bottom fell out of it, $2,800, $2,500. And I told myself, I said, baby, if that gets to $10,000 again, I'm selling this thing. And, man, it started climbing. About, it's like eight months later, it starts climbing. It's up to 8,000. I, I, I told myself, I said, man, if that hits 10, I'm selling this thing this time. I'm getting that. It went to 10, 11, 12. And I said, man, should I do it now? The thing went to $13,000. I took my little Bitcoin down to the bank. I said, I'm gonna withdraw out my money. I threw that thing out, and two days later, it went to $60,000. I thought I was gonna throw up. <laughs> like, Lord. <laughs> Listen, th- this is a reality. A lot of us quit too soon on, on spiritual things. I'm, that, that was just something that happened in my life, but some of us we give up too quick on things. Right? I mean, we need God, we need the Holy Spirit to put in us a hunger for him like we've never had before. And we need to pursue him right now with holiness and purity of heart and say, God, I'm going after you with all of my heart. Some of you, I said last week, you come out of the secret place too quick. You go in a prayer closet and you pray for 15, 20 minutes and the phone rings or an email comes and all of a sudden ding and you're right back at it and you think, oh, God, just hold on. Let me return this call and I'll get back to you. And I'm telling you, we're missing breakthroughs because we're not staying in his presence long enough. I promise you, if you'll stay in his presence, if you'll stay in that secret place, God's going to show up and wreck your life. I want to call all of us to a daily, life, lifelong pursuit of Jesus. I want that to be the heart cry of this church. I want this to be the heart cry of the end-time believer that we're pursuing Jesus. We're not pursuing stuff. We're not pursuing things. We're not pursuing blessings. We're pursuing Jesus. God, if I could just get your presence all over my life, if I could be saturated with you every day of my life, so that everywhere I go, the oil of the Holy Spirit is sweeping out and touching lives and changing people. If you're you're writing something down, I want you to write this down. You will be amazed at what God will do if you keep showing up. You will be amazed. Write down, I will be amazed at what God will do if I keep showing up. Don't quit. Don't settle. I'm just telling you, I'm not the smartest guy in this room, I'm not the most educated guy in this room, and the truth is I'm probably not the best preacher in this room, and I'm not the best looking. Now, we can argue that one a little bit, but I'm just telling you, I may not be the best guy in this room, but I want you to know something about me. I keep showing up. I keep showing up at my knees to the Lord every day. I keep showing up to God and saying, God, I'm going to show up in church this Sunday, and I'm going to have a word from heaven, God. I keep showing up. I keep showing up with my tithe. I keep showing up on the mission field. I keep showing up for Jesus Hey, God, I will not be defeated. I will not quit. I'm going to keep showing up. Yeah. Amen. A righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up because pursuers never quit. The heart of a pursuer just keeps getting back up. Galatians 6, 8 and 9, he who sows to his flesh will reap... A, a, Will we'll of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Let us not grow weary in doing good. In due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. The King James says if we don't faint. To lose heart or to faint means to loosen grip or to let go. Here's the nature of faith, Hebrews 11, 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them far off and were sure to them, embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth. True faith goes past temporary circumstances and taps into an anchor from heaven. It goes back. It goes past what I'm dealing with. It, true faith goes past the circumstances of life and it didn't work out and I was believing for this and now I'm in this situation. And I've been praying for healing and it didn't work out. True faith goes beyond all that and grabs an anchor in heaven, Jesus, It says I'm going to hold to the anchor. And though everything is sifting, is, is sifting and falling apart, I'm going to hold to the anchor of Jesus. If I know it's a promise for God, it doesn't matter if it takes a year, 12 years, or 38 years, I'm not letting go. It doesn't matter if I see it in my lifetime, it doesn't matter if I see it next year, it doesn't matter. I rejoice in the promise. Faith grabs the promises of God and doesn't let go. If I see it, amen. If I don't see it in my lifetime, amen. If I get my healing now, amen. If I get my healing in heaven, amen. I'm not letting go. I'm not changing my convictions. I'm not changing my doctrine because you didn't get healed and you didn't get breakthrough. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to keep showing up at his throne room and declaring God is good all the time and his mercy endures forever. Romans 10, 11, for Scripture says, whosoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Listen to it in the Amplified. For the Scripture says, whoever believes in him, whoever adheres to, trusts in, and relies on him, will not be disappointed in his expectations. I will not be disappointed. I may not get it on this earth, but baby, one day I'm going to step into the portals of heaven, and there's a blessing there, there's a glory there, there's fire there, and I know my Jesus is there. Psalm 33, 18, behold, the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear Him, on those who hope in mercy. Our hope is in Jesus. Hope is the Hebrew word, yakel. You need to have a little thing in your throat when you do that, yakel. (laughs) Hope is to wait, to expect. This is the life of a pursuer. The only way you can live by this in the face of unanswered prayer is to know the character of God. Do you understand the character of God? Do you know the character of God? It's not about me and what I can get for me. I want to know him. I realize that God is not a man that he should lie. Numbers twenty-three, nineteen: God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. His prophecies have never fallen to the ground. Matthew five, eighteen: for surely I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, not one jot or tittle by no means will pass from the law until it is all fulfilled. God is faithful, God is always faithful. In Deuteronomy 7-9, therefore know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. He keeps his covenant to a thousand generations. He's never failed in keeping his promises, and he's not going to start with you. He's never failed in keeping his promises, and you won't be the one that has the story. Because I'm telling you, it's never going to happen. Your God is faithful. Your God is going to show up. Your God is going to be there. You just got to make a determination in your heart. I'm staying there. I'm showing up, and I'm pursuing God. Unless I understand the character of God... Listen to me, when you understand that, you can be faithful in silence, you can be faithful in delay, you can be faithful in disappointment, you can be faithful in pain. Romans eight thirty eight. for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come, nor height nor depth nor any other creative thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Isaiah 50, 35 and verse 3, strengthen the weak hands. Make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. And he will recompense, with the recompense of God, he will come and he will save you. God will come. I don't know if anybody's ever been through this or experienced this. Has anybody ever forgot your kid? Anybody ever left your kid at school? We, we, were, we were a church on the north coast, we were both in ministry, and, and, and we had different assignments and things, and it was a camp meeting, big night, I had a lot of responsibilities, I was doing a lot of platform ministry, Jordan was a little baby in a car carrier, huh, he was walking, Bobby said, he was walking, so he was a big kid, but he fell asleep in the seat, and so we lived, if I could give you a visual, the church was at Amokley Road, Just get a visual. The church was at Amokley Road, and we lived at Bonita Beach Road. We were in Ohio, but it's about the same distance, about six miles to the next exit, which we lived at the next exit. And man, we were were so excited. God showed up at church. It was amazing. And we're driving down the freeway in between, if you could get the visual, between Amokley and Bonita. And we're on the freeway driving. And Bobby pulls up beside me and waves at me, and I wave at her. And so she rolls down the window, so I roll down my window. And she yells at me on the freeway, 65 miles an hour, going down the freeway. Is Jordan sleeping? I said, I don't know, is he sleeping? She said, you got Jordan, right? I said, no, you got Jordan. Is he sleeping? She goes, I didn't get Jordan. I left my one-year-old boy sleeping at the church. Lights off. Everybody gone. He's, in the, he's sitting in there sleeping. Y'all looking at me like you ain't never done something stupid. I flipped around, went back there, opened the doors. He didn't even know it, man. Picked him up, brought him on home. Years later... Jordan has two children, Titus and Tegan, and I get the phone call, Amanda can't pick up the kids, and I can't pick up the kids, you've got to get there, this is a new school for them, and so you've got to get there to pick up the kids. I said, I got it. I got it. Don't worry about it. Lo and behold, 2 o'clock comes and the phone starts ringing. And I'm like, hey, what's happening? Are you there? Am I where? You have to. You have to pick up the kids. They can't. The, there's. You gotta go now. She's screaming. I'm like, I'm on my way. i I'm, I'm, I'm really close. I'm downtown Naples. Gotta come here. I'll be right, I'll, I'll be there just in a minute, I'm almost there. Where do you mean you're almost there? I'm, I'm on my way. Okay, they hang up. A few minutes later, Amanda calls, my, my daughter-in-law. Hi, you got the kids? Oh, no, but I'm almost there. I'm on my way. I'm coming down 75. Oh, Jesus, help me, Lord. I get there. Everybody's gone. The car line's gone. Everything's closed up, and I'm beating on the door, and a lady comes, are you here for Titus and Tegan? I said, yes, I'm their grandfather. Titus gets in the car, he goes, Pop. Just shaking his head like. Listen, that's one of the, I'm not like God in that way. God will always show up. He's never going to leave you on the curb. I have lots of stories, man. There's a lot of stories, Bill. They don't stop with that one. God's always on time. Isaiah 40, 10, behold, the Lord shall come with a strong hand. God will come. If you've been going through sickness in your body for a long time, you've been struggling with things that just haven't worked out, God will come. If you're still needing a miracle, God will come. Know his character, trust his promises, pursue his presence. If you're getting tired in life, worship team, could you come? If you're getting tired in life. If you feel like you're losing grip, I'm just here to tell you this morning don't quit. Don't give up. Don't let go. Christmas time is one of the toughest times of the year for people who let go, who give up, who just feel there's no hope, that it's just not gonna get better. And I'm telling you, it's a lie from the pit of hell. Isaiah fifty-five eleven. so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return void, but it will accomplish what I please. It shall prosper the thing whereto I send it. Here's, here's what I believe from the front of the room to the back of the room. All you guys way in the back, let me just tell you what I believe. I believe there's a breakthrough you that we haven't seen yet. I believe there's a breakthrough you that we haven't seen yet. I believe there's a Jeremiah 29 11 you. There's a prosperous you. There's a blessed you. There's a a woman of God. There's a man of God. There's a breakthrough you getting ready to happen in your life. I encourage you, go to the secret place and don't come out until he comes. My prayer for you is that God will place a strong desire in your heart to pursue him, a desire to run after God. I'm gonna give you three quick things to help you in your pursuit of God. Here's, here's the first one is this, set your heart to pursue Him. Set your heart to pursue Him. In Daniel chapter 10 at verse number 12, then he said to me, do not fear Daniel, for the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard and I've come because of your words. Set your heart for God. Let him be the focus of your day. The second thing is this. Set your course of pursuit. In Daniel chapter 6 and verse number 10, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times a day, and he prayed and he gave thanks before his God. As was his custom. Since the early days. such a course of pursuit. Here's the thing we as Pentecostals and we as spirit-filled Christians, here's the, here, here's the thing that we get guilty of. We want to show up randomly for God but want God to show up now. Huh? We, we just want to randomly set time with God whenever we have time for God. And we show up whenever we have a minute. So, okay, I got a little time. I'm just going to go and I'm going to seek God. Daniel prayed three times a day. Now, this wasn't a pattern. It was Daniel's choice of pursuit. But here's the thing. He set an appointment with God and he met him there. How about if you, even in your mind, say, okay, tomorrow at 3 o'clock, I'm going to go in a secret place and I'm going to meet with God for an hour. If you show up. When you tell God you're going to show up, you can expect God's going to show up when you need Him. I'm just saying, set the course of your pursuit. That's what I love about soap reading and reading James chapter five today. It's it, it's this daily first thing in the morning meeting with God. It's the first thing I do daily. Wake up and say good morning, Holy Spirit. Not treating him like he's the third wheel in this thing. He is everything. He points me to Jesus. He brings me into right relationship with Jesus. So when I wake up in the morning, I welcome Holy Spirit. Good morning, Holy Spirit. And usually the second thing that I do is grab my hand, reach over, lay my hand on my wife's head and pray over her. Every day. This is my, this is my, my pursuit of God. This is what I'm trying to accomplish. And set an appointment with God. We're bad about just wanting to show up whenever we feel like it, whenever we want to. And I'm telling you, you've got got to stir your heart to say, I'm going to set a course of pursuit. And the third thing is this, make Jesus' time your priority in life. How can you go two or three days in a row and not meet with Jesus? Can you go two or three days in a row and be just too busy with life, running the business, setting the appointments, doing everything that we need to do in our lives, in our marriages, in our homes? How can we go three or four days and not meet with him? And I'm telling you, he is the most important thing, and nothing else in life matters. Michael, I don't know. You may not be able to do this. You remember the song, Awake My Soul? Hey, ho, that song. Not because of Christmas, this hey-ho. You know it? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sing that, Michael. Sing his praise out loud. Wake my soul and sing. Sing his praise out loud. Sing his praise out loud.
1: Set your heart to pursue. Set your course of pursuit. Get a routine. Get a pattern. Set an appointment with God. Set an appointment with the Holy Spirit and say, hey, tomorrow night at 9 o'clock, we're turning everything off. And before we go to bed, we're getting on our knees and we're meeting with him. Whatever happened to houses of prayer where, where, man, as a little boy, I remember my dad just praying for me all night long. I think some of your kids need to hear you praying for them again. I think some of the children and grandchildren in our lives need to hear the voice of their parent or their grandparent crying out to God for their souls. Set your course of pursuit. Make Jesus the priority of your life. Would you stand up with me, please, everybody? We're going to sing this song, and when it gets to that part that says, hey, ho, I want everybody in the room, if you're fighting for something, if you're believing God for something in your life, maybe you've got grandchildren that aren't serving God, maybe you've got someone in their life that's chosen a wrong lifestyle, maybe you've got someone in your life that's just not pursuing. Maybe you as a parent today could just let out a shout for their lives. Let us shout for their hearts and believe God. Maybe it's you and your marriage and your family and the enemy is separated and divided. And you say, I'm still fighting, Pastor. I'm not going to give up. How about you just let out a big, hey, God, I'm not giving up. I'm pursuing you. Some of you that are praying about a change in direction and a, a new opportunity and a new season in your life. I just need you to get before God and say, hey, God, I'm going to show up. I'm going to keep showing up. There's a breakthrough in me that I'm not experiencing yet, and I know that you're going to touch my life. The Holy Spirit, speak to your heart today. If everybody would bow your hearts to the Lord right now, I'm going to speak into your spirit some of you because of choices and decisions you've made your spirit is dormant you're not being led by your spirit you're being led by your flesh your flesh is leading you your flesh is guiding you and your flesh is destroying you and i just want to i want to have you come to the lord and repent and put your spirit back on top start being led by the spirit of god start letting the spirit of god lead your life and that starts with repentance And that comes from a broken heart of saying, God, I'm going to set apart my life. I'm going to consecrate my life. I'm coming to you with holiness of heart. Today, if you're all over the room and you're not not walking that faith life, you don't have a hold of the anchor of faith. You've got a a hold of disappointment and discouragement. And Jesus said, look, I'm going to exchange what you're holding on to, and I'm going to give you an anchor of hope. So all over the room right now, I'm asking you to be obedient to the voice of the Lord. Everybody's going to bow their hearts and they're praying right now. And I want you to know somebody in your row is praying for you. Somebody just behind you is praying for you right now. And they're praying that you would respond to the love of God. These people that were baptized, they made a decision. I'm going all in with God. And I'm here to tell you, God doesn't want your heart. He wants your life. He said, come give me your life. Come set it apart for my use. If you haven't said yes to Jesus, maybe it's been a long time since you said yes to Jesus, but you'd be willing to open your heart today on this last Sunday of of November and say, God, I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to pursue you with my whole heart. On the count of three, everybody look at me now. On the count of three, I'm speaking to your heart, and I'm asking you to respond to the love of God. It's not an accident you're here. This message was laid out for you, and you need to pursue God. If your heart's not where it needs to be with God, on the count of three, I want you to hold your hand up where I can see it and where heaven can see it and say, God, I know you're speaking to me. I'm going to show up today. On the count of three, I want you to do it now, okay? One... Two, three, lift your hands to the Lord all over the room, those of you to lift your hands. Everybody with your hand raised, come kneel at the altar. Come on, come kneel at the altar. Just come and say, me and Jesus, me and God. I'm just coming to me with God. I'm coming to me. I'm showing up, God. I need a fresh fire. I need a fresh wind. I need a fresh moving of the Holy Spirit. If God dealt with you to lift your hands, come kneel before God and say, God, I will not quit. I will not give up. I'm running hard after you, God. I'm pursuing you, God, with my whole heart. Come on, sing a Michael.
0: Awake my soul.
1: Turn him up out there, guys.
0: Come on, turn him up, Rob.
1: Do that again. Hey ho. Mm
0: -hmm. Him. Hey, oh, let his praises rise up right now. Amen. Father, we just thank you for your
1: word today. Thank you for your truth. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you for your truth. We thank you for your, your patience, Lord. God, as we pursue you this week, Lord, let it come from the depths of our heart. A desperate pursuit. Just a calling out, Lord. You just called us out. I thank you, Lord, for the heart of this house. I thank you for the worshipers. I thank you for those that week after week show up. I speak blessing over our homes, over our families. Let this day be filled with the glory. Help us to set an appointment with you, God, and to show up consistently. Help us to set the course of our heart, Lord Jesus. Help us to keep you the priority of our day. Let our focus and our gaze be upon you. Let your love fill our homes. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.